Hello, and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne. We all know that life is hard, right? It's messy, it's unpredictable, but it can be wonderful all at the same time. My hope is that we can take a deep dive into self-development topics and explore life's lessons through book clubs, conversations, and interviews. And together, we can uncover the lessons that others have already learned to help us navigate this crazy, wonderful ride called life. Hello and welcome to Message in the Middle with Marianne. Today I'm excited to bring you a conversation with Maria Jordan. Maria calls herself the Wise Woman Coach. She's a midlife transformation coach and helps women experiencing big life transitions who've lost their sight of who they are and what direction they're going in. In her coaching, Maria guides women through their unique journey from lost to found and helps them remember the woman they once were and discover the woman they're becoming with a goal of seeing them emerge feeling confident, empowered, and with a strong sense of self. Welcome, Maria, and I am so glad to have you today, and I'm excited to talk about this topic with you and the work you do. Oh, thank you, Marianne. It's lovely to be here. The reason I'm really excited to talk to you about this work is I've been going through a little bit of a transformation as well, and kind of studying and talking to a lot of people around sort of how these moments kind of bubble up and start us to look at things a little differently. And I think the best way to get started with you is to talk about something you call the great unraveling. I think that experience or that group of experiences for you is sort of what set you in motion for the work you're doing now. Can you tell my audience a little bit about that? Absolutely, yes. So, so I didn't leave school thinking I'm going to be a coach. Um, that that wasn't in my career plan. And yeah, you've already mentioned that my life kind of unraveled somewhat in my forties. And it was only when I was in my forties and I looked back that I could see why I'd got to that point. So, to go back a little as a child, I um, you know grew up in a loving family. It was all good. But at school, I was bullied, quite quite severely bullied, and it got really bad when I went to senior school. So I had five years of being bullied, ostracised, you know, people not speaking to me. And I had no real understanding why. <laughs> but what that did was I internalised that to mean there was something wrong with me because obviously, you know, it was me against everybody else. And, and so I was in the wrong. It also meant that I developed a really significant people pleasing habit, which I didn't know I had till I was in my 40s. So I was very unconscious of it. But I was that person who would do anything for anybody was constantly giving. And because I was so desperate to fit in because of my bullying experience, I would be whoever people needed me to be. <laughs> so, so common, so common. Very common. Yes. I see lots of other women with that now. So I was never being me, essentially, but as I say, totally unaware of it. And I kind of, you know, wandered through life. I um, I got a career and I got married, had children, had a lovely house. And towards the end of my 30s, I was I had this growing sense of, is this it? Is 
you know, is 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 this really it? Is this me for the next 30 or 40 years? And, and it felt like there was something really off. It felt like there was something missing in my life, but I, I had no idea what that was. So what happened was I had this sense, as I say, that there was something missing and this real discontent. I wasn't happy, but also a lot of shame because who was I not to be happy? I had a good career, lovely children, nice house, you know, it didn't kind of add up. Anyway, in my 40s, um, I had the experience of being bullied again, which was quite devastating. Second time around as an adult, because I felt that I should be able to sort it out as a grown up and I couldn't. So that brought up all the kind of trauma from childhood. And then it was just a series of events. I lost three people in quick succession. My marriage was crumbling in the background and I was menopausal. <laughs> I feel like saying, but wait, there's more. You, ha- you had it all at once. Um, I had the full kind of whammy. Poor thing. Yeah. 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 So everything was kind of unraveling around me. And I did end up getting divorced as well. But what happened was, as everything unraveled behind me, my my children grew up and they left home as well. So I had emptiness syndrome, just to throw that one in there as well. And suddenly could no longer label myself as as a wife, as a daughter, as a career woman. You know, I was still a mum, but not not in the sort of day-to-day sense of of being a mum. And I just caught sight of myself one morning in the bathroom mirror and realized the woman looking back at me, I didn't know who she was. Mm. I'd completely lost her. Yeah, that happens to so many of us. I'm now learning. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. So you had that sort of epiphany. Mm-hmm. You used the term awakening. What do you think caused you to to really understand that you had gotten in this place and then start waking up from it? Yeah, I think there were several points, really. So I remember one of them before that moment was I'm a real list writer. I like a list. (laughs) You know, I was a busy mum, you know, spinning all the plates like lots of women do, holding it all together. And I looked at my list one day and I remember feeling just utterly exhausted. It was like, you know, the treadmill where you get up in the morning, you're full on, you're falling to bed at night, you get up and do it all again the next day. I'm sure many women can relate to that. And I looked at my list one day and it was absolutely like loads of things that needed doing. And I suddenly thought, well, where am I on this? That there's nothing on here for me. It's all for other people. So that was one, one point at which I, I kind of recognised it. But I think the real epiphany was was the catching sight of myself in the bathroom mirror and locking eyes with this woman. And, and literally, I remember it very clearly, just gazing into her eyes and thinking, who, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Now you can't call yourself a wife and a career woman. And- I love that. I was just going to say that. We just finished reading Mel Robbins' High Five Habit. And I don't know if you've read it, but one of the things she talks about the beginning is all about challenging us to take a moment in the morning and really look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself that high five because it brings all those feelings of celebration and, you know, pride and all that stuff. But just to take that moment and really acknowledge yourself because she talks about it and I agree with it. Most of us get up in the morning and we, you know, we go through a very habitual routine. We avoid our eye contact in the mirror, right? Or we're picking apart something, but we never 
really take any moment for ourselves and to give ourselves kudos for anything that we've done or even just be present with ourselves. We quickly go through those habits and then within a few minutes, we're caught up in that roller coaster or that hamster wheel or whatever, that list, that to-do list. And I so can relate to being in that place of never, never having time for yourself. And then what I'm fascinated with is what changes in us that suddenly makes us realize that. For most people that I talk to, it is some major life event, unfortunately, because I wish we could all realize it sooner. But is that your experience too? It certainly was the experience for myself. Um, and, and I see it in a lot of other women as well. So it is a kind of a crisis yeah. point almost where something pretty big happens and it really makes you look at everything. And I, I talked about that, you know, I'd spent all of my life feeling like something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And it was that moment in the bathroom mirror where I suddenly realized that what was missing was me. Mm. Love that. Yeah. 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 You got lost along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had completely got lost along the way. And, and again, that's something that I think is very common for a lot of women, especially if you're a people pleaser. You're constantly looking outside of yourself for validation and being who everybody else wants you to be. But what happens is you just lose yourself along the way. You forget who you are. I agree with that completely. So I know this is one of the areas you really focus on because it's so pivotal in you realizing where you came from and or where you went, I guess is a better way to say it. Is there any advice, you know, quick tips you can give the listeners around starting to reframe that thought and allow time for yourself and bring yourself back into the equation? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's so true that you can't give from from an empty cup. You know, I know that's a sort of very, very well used phrase, but I think it's that realization that when you look after yourself first, you're able to give to others from a much more resourced place because you're feeling good and you're having your needs met. And I know that's something that a lot of us struggle with as women, not getting our needs met. And I think it's the realization that first you have to meet them for yourself before you can look to other people to meet them. So I would say it's so important taking some time. And, you know, I struggled with it. I put my hand up and say, you know, I was really bad at it for a long time. But once I did start to take some time for myself, then things began to shift. You know, I I began to feel differently inside. Um, And then when we feel differently inside, that begins to be reflected outside in life. So one of the things you do is help the women that you're working with sort of create that vision of of who they're becoming mm-hmm. or who they lost and they want to bring back into the present. What are some of the steps that you take with trying to get people to recognize that or to to kind of pull that out? I know myself personally, it was a little bit of a challenge. I sort of stumbled back into some of the things that I loved and and got here. But I I wish there was this, you know, this, everybody wants this easy little list, do this, this and this. And I do think there's some of that, right? But how do you guide people to start having that vision of where they want to be and who they want to be? Yeah. And and it's quite unique for everybody. So, you know, we're all sort of different. But essentially, what I do is, is first of all, really encourage them to get a self-care practice in place. That's a de- something daily that's just for them. So they're taking some quiet time 
to to also be able to listen within you know to, to begin to sort of tune into themselves again so that's that's the first thing and then something I get them to look at really closely is core values so what what are the things that they live or they want to live their life by? And for a lot of us, we've never looked at that. And, and again, this was something that i had done lots of personal development work, but I'd never actually looked at my core values. And it was only when I did look at them, I could very clearly see how out of alignment I'd been um, and why I'd got so lost. So, you know, my core values are authenticity, honesty, and integrity. Mm. <laughs> and so we can very clearly see that with all of those, I was just way, way off being. So once you understand what your core values are, then it really helps you navigate through life because you can use them as a sort of signposts, as, as it were, um, you know, particularly when you get to the difficult bits. When you bring your core values into it, then it always will direct you the right way. Yeah, you made me think about an exercise I've done many, many times in business, which is whenever you create a three-year plan or a five-year plan or whatever it is, right, to where you're trying to drive your business or, you know, your team or whatever, depending on what you do, you kind of put your goals out there and then it's very easy to then use where you want to be, what you want that team or that business to look like and what those goals are. Every time you're about to venture into something or make a decision about how to proceed with something... I'm thinking back to those exercises with this big poster board on the wall in my office. And it's very simple to get yourself into a habit of saying, okay, does this move me closer to that or further away from that? Mm. If it's moving closer to that, that's great. Even if it doesn't get you all the way there, a step is great. So similarly, I hadn't thought about it on a personal level, but similarly, if you think of your core values, I could see how you could kind of train yourself to do that same talk track and look at everything and make those decisions as you proceed daily. Yeah, yeah. So So I think core values are massive. And then obviously, we do a lot of exploring as well around beliefs, because there's a lot of beliefs that are picked up in childhood, you know, that we just then take through life with us. And for most of the time, they're not even our beliefs. They're just things that have been imposed on us um, that we've come to believe that, you know, that they're true. Um, So it's looking at those beliefs and then beginning to challenge them. I was going to ask you about that because limiting beliefs are so huge. I think you're right. I mean, we see them... Even people that are really successful that you wouldn't think have them, I think everybody has them. They have these stories. And right now in the private Facebook group, we're reading Dr. Amy Johnson's Just a Thought. I don't know if you've heard it or, or read it, but it's, it, and I'm not all the way through it yet, but it's about understanding how the brain works, understanding the thoughts that come out of us and that they are really just a thought. They're not fact. And so how do you challenge them? And how do you kind of start rewiring those thoughts? And I was going to ask you about this, because I know you do work on this. Any tips that you can give the audience around that? Like, do you have any specific approaches or methods to sort of identifying and then challenging those thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for people to do for themselves, then I think journaling is really powerful. So it's it's looking at those, it's beginning to listen to that inner voice, um, you know, which is often the one that kind of crops up and will be, you know, a bit nasty, maybe, or, you know, telling you you're not good enough and who do you think you are and 
all those unpleasant things. So it's beginning to listen to what that voice is telling you and then maybe journal on the particular thoughts that are coming up. So, you know, a big one is, oh, I'm not good enough. So you could journal around that and say, well, where does this come from? You know, is how did I get this? And it might be that, you know, it can just be a one-off comment sometimes from somebody as a child, or maybe it was something you were told repeatedly. And then and then it's challenging, you know. So is is this true? And 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 then writing about all the ways that you are good enough. So beginning to challenge those those beliefs, but obviously that's something we do much deeper. I like that though. I like the thought of even just getting it in in writing. And then when you start working with the other side and flipping it to say, you know, how is that not true? What's a different perspective, yeah. right? And and really starting to put down some thoughts on that. I talked to somebody else who said it was really difficult at first to do those, you know, opposing side, but as you go, it gets easier yeah. and easier. So yeah. you have a phrase that I, I picked up on and it, this is a time for rebirth, not misery. Yeah. So I'm curious about I obviously have my own thoughts on that, but I'm curious as to what your experience has been that people do feel like this time of deep transition as women, you know, in whatever age range, let's say 40 up. Why do most people feel like that's a really hard time? It's really difficult, really miserable versus, like you said, seeing the positive side of it. It's a chance. It's an opportunity. Mm, yeah. Well, I think partly it's because we're bombarded with that message constantly you know we're, we're sort of bombarded with the um you know the constant images that it's not okay to age you know we've always got to look permanently young for example um and I think there's just there is a very strong message out there that you know when you get to your 40s and you hit menopause it's going to be awful and it really saddens me because it doesn't have to be like that and I think knowledge is a really powerful thing so preparing yourself beforehand making sure that you've maybe read the books on, on what the options are when you get to that stage of life but I, I really do believe it is it, you know it's a very powerful transition time so as a woman it can feel a bit like a void if you've you know you're moving from that time of your life where you know you've been fertile maybe you might have had children or not but you're then moving into a different phase of your life where you're changing physically emotionally hormonally <laughs> there's a lot going on um and it, and it can feel like a bit oh what's going on you know this is I've not experienced this before but I think if you if you can really kind of arm yourself with with the knowledge and explore what the options are I think what we're really missing at this time is community and sisterhood um, and other women who had, who have gone through it before us who can say, you know, actually, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be this amazing time where you really are beginning to get to know yourself again. But actually, you're emerging as this woman who now has all this wisdom that you didn't have before and all this experience that you didn't have before. So it's looking at the positives, I think, rather than just thinking, oh, this is going to be awful. You just made me think of the butterfly. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the butterfly's birth, right? Of Yeah. You know, we've gone through our lives as caterpillars and we've we've kind of just gone along day to day and did what we need to do. And not to say that there hasn't any joy in that. I'm sure we all have ups and downs and this great, great opportunities for joy and wonderful things. But we also have, you know, those dips as well. But the point is it kind of just, just goes along and then somehow we have this moment of great transformation and we have the opportunity to spread our wings and become this butterfly, this beautiful emerging butterfly. I hadn't really thought of that until you were just describing it. So thank you for that. So do you have any 
I guess I'm hopeful that you might have a story of somebody that you've worked with that you've seen like really shift and really change and like what was, what did that look like? What was the change? Like who were they before and who did they become? Like I think it's so important to show people that they can have these these metamorphoses, if you will, and kind of rebirth their life and, and change in a lot of great ways, but still obviously keep some of the things that are working for them in their life. I think the point is to kind of look at all the things and decide what's not working, right? Mm-hmm. And, and bring in some things that you have forgotten or want to bring in. Can you name any kind of a scenario where it's been really um, fun to watch somebody shift like that? Does anything jump out at you? Yeah, I mean, there's gosh, there's sort of so many, and and I love kind of you know sitting there and 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 seeing when women do have those kind of aha moments, and they're like, oh, yeah, wow, okay, um, yes. Yeah, so one woman in particular who really didn't like herself in a lot of ways, um, and and dressed in a way that reflected that, but she also had wardrobe full of clothes that she never wore and so one of the things she did um was actually begin to wear the clothes in her wardrobe that she loved recognizing that actually she was worthy of wearing them um, and the very first day that she did that she went out um and somebody stopped her and said wow I love what you're wearing that you look amazing <laughs> I love that you guys I just made jazz hands I love that because the her confidence must have just went through the roof when that happened good for her mm, and, and I, I love it because um I, I see that as you know she took a step for herself yes. and then it's like the universe kind of goes yeah and hit here's the sort of evidence as well you know we're we're gonna get this person to compliment you so that actually you get the message (laughs) it's so cool that you said that again you know we read and we talk about some of the themes and one of the topics again in in the mel robbins book was as you rewire your brain you bring in new thoughts you open yourself up to different evidence so when we're telling ourselves all those limiting beliefs all those negative thoughts we're going to find the evidence to back that up but when we open ourselves up and we say you know what i'm good enough to wear this outfit today and to shine out on that street or whatever the scenario is suddenly we find the evidence and it was probably there all along we just wasn't looking for it it's such a powerful thing Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like when we, you know, if you decide that you um, you want to go and buy a yellow car and suddenly you start seeing yellow cars everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's safe. Yeah. That's, that's actually the example that I gave in my last podcast when I was reviewing the book, The Car, because it's such a concrete example that I think many of us have done. Mm. We've, we've had that experience of deciding we were going to buy it and suddenly they're everywhere. Like they dropped out of the sky into the planet and they weren't there before. It's just such a neat, um, proof, I guess, that this yeah. does happen. So in wrapping up, I guess I just want to say, well, thank you. First of all, this has been a wonderful conversation. And I want to let folks know that we will put all of the links um, at the end of the show notes in the podcast to let you them know how to reach you. You have uh, Facebook and um, you have a webpage. Obviously, you do coaching. You have some journal prompt guides out there, which I think I know a lot of the folk that listen or that are in the Facebook group really do love journaling and are always looking for new journal prompts. So I'll mention that because they may be interested. Is there anything else you want to share with with my audience before we we say goodbye? Just that I'm really passionate about other women 
really recognizing their worth because I think so many women don't. And so I think anything people can do to really begin to, for themselves, look at their own worth. And as you say, journaling is 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 an amazing one. But I guess what I want to leave people with is that when you really remember who you are, then life just begins to open up because you're showing up as you, authentically you. And the more that you do that, you the more that you realize that actually it's more than okay to do that. And it feels good. It really is true. I think both you and I can attest, but many, many others as well. But yeah, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and with my listeners. Oh, thank you. It's, it's been lovely to chat with you. And thank you for inviting me. Certainly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Message in the Middle with Marianne. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to share it and write a review as it helps bring new listeners to our audience. If you'd like to keep the conversation going between episodes, please join us at Facebook group Message in the Middle with Marianne.